You don't have everlasting life because you were born into this world. You have everlasting life because he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. You don't believe, you don't get it. Otherwise, what does that verse mean? It has no meaning to it. If everybody's saved, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Didn't say go all the world and just try to disciple people. Now that's mentioned, but first of all, it says go into all the world and preach the gospel to what? Every creature, every person. They preach the gospel. The gospel is not how you live your Christian life. The gospel is how you get saved. So we are to go into all the world and tell people how to get saved. And Johnny is wrong. He's in error. Page 2. Now you turn page 2. The proof is in the pudding. They always say that. You know what I used to love? I loved my mama when she would bake and kick it off. And she would have, you know, the chocolate. She's going to spread all over that. And she generally will have some still left in the bowl. You know, that's one of the sweetest things about a cake. Not the cake. It's that chocolate pudding. And I'd get that big old bowl. All the way around it. All the way down in the bottom of it. All the way down. If you got it under my fingernail, I got that too. But that is so good. Well, now, you got to look at the end results. What does it produce? Now, I'll get this because this is so important. The rich man in the book of Luke, and I want you to take your Bible and look at it because this is so important. Look there in the book of Luke chapter 16. Luke chapter 16 and look in verse 19. We'll read this and then we'll make a few comments about this portion of Scripture. And understand, this is Jesus telling the story. This isn't a parable. This is... Jesus telling the story, and he's telling the truth. And he's talking about two people, and they both died. And where they went after they died. So in verse 19, there was a certain rich man, which was clothed in purple and fine linen, fared sumptuously every day. I mean, that's, that's what we want, isn't it? Isn't that what you're looking forward to? Rich. You want to be rich. Fared sumptuously every day. Everything that you want. And then verse 20, and there was a certain beggar named Yankee, uh, Lazarus, which was laid at his gate full of sores, desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, that was the name of the dog, moreover the dog, came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died, was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. Now, this is talking about a person who lived and died. And was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died. And he was buried. So his body is in the grave. But, in verse 23, In hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torment, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and says, Father Abraham, come and dip the tip of thy finger in water, and, and, and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, son, remember that thou in thy lifetime. So we're talking about after your lifetime here on earth. And according to Johnny, everybody goes to heaven. Well, if everybody goes to heaven, what was the rich man doing here? What was he doing here? Evidently, all Johnny but one. Uh, this man didn't make it. And look what he says. That thou in thy lifetime receiveth thy good things. 
likewise Lazarus, evil things, but now he is comforted and thou art tormented. When is this happening? Before he died or after he died? It's after he's died. Beside all this, between us and you, there's a great gulf fixed so that they which would pass from him to you cannot, neither can they pass to us which, uh, th- that would come from them. In other words, wherever he is, he's in hell, he can't go where the other ones are. That, that's how I read it. And Jesus is the one that said it. And Jesus is God. Now, I don't care how Johnny wants to take verses and twist them, but you can't outdo God. God's word is true. And so then he makes this statement in verse 27. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou would have sent him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Well, why worry about it? They're already saved. They're already saved. It's amazing that the person in hell wants us to witness, and the person in hell wants us to tell people how to have eternal life. Evidently, not everybody has everlasting life. Not everybody is saved. Johnny missed something somewhere along the line. So, look there in your notes. Just to kind of narrow this whole narrative down. The rich man also died, was buried. In hell, he lifted up his eyes, been in torment. He cried, have mercy on me, cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. Now, he was in a literal place, not a state of mind, it's a place. But Abraham said, son, remember that thou in life, you were comforted. Now in death, thou art tormented. He's talking about a person after he's died. And beside all of this, there's a great God fix. It means you cannot pass to us. In other words, once you die, you are in hell, you cannot go to heaven. Impossible. Look at else. He says, for I have five brethren. He may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. In other words, there's something they need to hear to keep from going where he is. I wonder what that is. I thought everyone was saved from hell. Jesus says, not true. If Jesus says, that's not true, that's not true. Look at the next statement. Then shall he say unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire. Into what? Everlasting fire? That doesn't sound like heaven to me. Prepare for the devil and his angels. Matthew 25, 41. Evidently, not everyone made it to heaven, and not everybody was reconciled. Not everybody is saved. Johnny got it wrong. But there's a lot of people getting this whole thing wrong. And there are people who go to church all their life. And they listen to a preacher preach a sermon. And chances are the preacher has no clue where he's going when he dies. Because any preacher who teaches you you can get saved today and lost tomorrow doesn't understand the gospel. Or to think that you can get saved today and lost tomorrow and get saved the next day doesn't understand the Bible. Because, you see, if a man could get saved today and lost tomorrow, there ought to be at least one verse in the Bible... One story that says so. Find the verse in the Bible that says you can get saved and then get lost. You can't. There is no verse. Or if a man could get saved and lose his salvation and then get saved again. 
find a verse or a story about any man that that happened to. It's not in the Bible. You think, well, well, if that's what everybody believed, they ought to have some foundation for it. They ought to have some truth. They ought to be able to pull a verse out that says so. They can't do it. Why? It's not in there. God's the author of his book, and God is not the author of confusion. You see, I'm not confused. I know I have eternal life. I know I'm going to heaven when I die. Another person who says, well, I think I'm going. I hope I'm going. I'm trying. You're confused because you don't know if you are or you're not. That sounds like confusion to me. If it's confusion, God's not the author of whatever you believe. Don't that make sense? I'm not confused. I'm going to be losing a little bit up here. I know that sometimes the elevator don't go all the way to the top. Somebody says somebody's home, but there's no light on. But um, look at the next verse. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. This verse shows there's two groups, two destinies, two results. And so if that's the case, and you know who tells us? This is Jesus speaking in Matthew in chapter 25, in verse 41 and also in verse 46. Look there at this next verse. This is found in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 8. In flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God, and that obey not the gospel. You say, what's to obey the gospel? To believe the gospel. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, thou shalt be saved. To obey the gospel is to believe it. That's what it told you to do, to get saved. The Bible nowhere says you have to obey laws and rules and regulations and stop and join and all those things to go to heaven. Heaven is a gift. It's free. All you do is accept what Christ did on the cross for you. You cannot earn eternal life. You cannot work your way to heaven. Joining this church will not help you one iota to get your little pinkies one inch closer to heaven. You only go to heaven because you trusted Christ as your Savior. It's not your money. You can't buy your way. If you wanted to give a million dollars this morning, it won't help you get to heaven. But you can go ahead and give it. I'm just joking with you. Now look at the next verse. Who shall be punished? Who? Those that will not obey the gospel. Those that do not know God. Who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord. So who's going to be separated from the presence of those that don't know God, those that did not believe the gospel? Is Johnny wrong? Johnny is wrong. Johnny is dead wrong. Now look at the next statement. In the book of Revelation chapter 20 and verse 15 it says, And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. This is after a person's died. This is after the great white throne judgment, because it says appointed unto every man wants to die, then the judgment. So if there's a judgment, everybody, lo and behold, didn't get to go to heaven. And those who were not born into God's family, did not trust Christ as Savior, were cast into the lake of fire. This is from God himself, and that's what he says. Johnny's got it wrong. Boy, is he going to be rudely awakened. Right now, I think he's sound asleep. Now, look at the next statement. I want you to see this. Pay close attention to these warnings. When you die, the Bible says this. And I want you to take your Bible and turn to the book of Revelation chapter 22. 
Revelation chapter 22, and look at these verses. This is at the last chapter, the last book in the Bible, and how does God wrap this up? And I think it's worth looking at. Here you're talking about a a place called heaven. You're talking about a holy city. Uh, But while we're right here, look in Revelation 21, 27. I have a few students who probably can stand and quote this verse. Well, they could on uh, Friday, but they may not be able to do it today. So in Revelation 21, 27, just look what he says. And there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination, or maketh the lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. So that means some are not written in the Lamb's book of life. And that's why you'll find that in chapter 20. Because those who do not trust Christ as Savior, their names are not written in the Lamb's book of life. Now... Look what we have here in Revelation chapter 22, and look down there in verse 11. Verse 11. This is after the great white throne judgment. Now, this book here is written to the seven churches that existed in Asia Minor. Uh, This is written to let us know what God has for the future, but he also goes back to the church and says, This is what you need to understand. I want you to know that you can do anything you want. Here's your life. But when you die, you'll either die saved or lost. When you die, and every man's going to die. All have sinned. All will die. And when you die, you're either saved or lost. Saved, heaven. Lost, hell. Understand it. It's not difficult to understand this. And however you are, when you die, is the way you will be for eternity. In other words, there is no second chance. There's not to, well, I get a second chance. No, no, the Bible doesn't teach that. There is no such place as a purgatory. That's not in the Bible. So when you die... It's not like you go to a place and it's a a holding tank because you're not bad enough to go to hell, but you're not good enough to go to heaven. And so that's why you have people say, well, I hope I'm going to heaven, but I don't know. Where are you going to go? Well, I hope. Well, the best I can hope for is purgatory. And then that depends upon either somebody doing some mighty good works they can put them to your account. Wouldn't you hate to have to depend on that? Aren't you glad you don't have to go to some priest and tell them all of your sins? I don't even want my wife telling me all of hers. <laughs> the last thing I want to do is sit in some little cubby hole and have all of y'all lined up and here you come and tell me all of that dirt on you. I don't want to know. What am I supposed to do with it? Write a book? Say, <laughs> so what's your besetting sin? Mine's gossip and I can't wait to write the book. No, I'm so glad you don't have to do none of that junk. That's slop. And let me just say this, because this is just in Pat. This doesn't cost anybody anything extra. All these so-called priests in the Catholic Church and all that shenanigans that's going on and raping little boys and girls and doing what they're doing, they ought to be taken out and shot. 
They ought to be executed, not placed in jail. What they're doing is betraying a great trust, even though I disagree with the whole total picture of it. But to abuse some kids? No. And it's a shame what's going on. But you can't sit there in some little booth and listen to all this pornography all day long and all the wicked things everybody's done without you thinking about it. That's why God says you ought not even talk about things you ought not think about. Because it's not good. It's not healthy. So anyway, that was my humble opinion on that. So he says there in verse 11, He that is unjust, when you die, He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. For how long? Eternity. He that is filthy, let him be filthy still. How? For eternity. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. In other words, however you are when you die is the way it's going to be from then on. There is no change. There is no other options. You're either saved or you're lost. And so he makes the statement. He says, Behold, I come quickly in verse 12. And my reward is with me to give every man according to his work shall be. Look up here. You get to go to heaven because you're saved. But you're saved because you're saved by grace. It means you didn't earn it. You didn't work for it. You didn't buy it. It was a gift. So I'm saved because of the work of Christ. Not the work of the preacher. That's why I'm going to heaven because of what Christ did on the cross for me. Now, after I trusted Christ as my Savior, and as long as I'm in this world, God says, if I will serve him and obey him as his child, because I'm going to heaven when I die. He says, he'll reward me when I get to heaven. And he says, behold, I come quickly. And my reward is with me to give to every one of us who has served the Lord. So you see, if you don't know Christ as Savior, well, you're lost, you're going down, you don't get rewards anyway. Rewards are only for God's children. God doesn't give rewards to the lost man. And so he makes a statement. To be blessed in verse 14. But look down in verse 16. I, Jesus, have sent my holy angels to testify unto you these things in the churches. So what we have here in the book of Revelation is the book for us to read. And he says, blessed are they that read or guard these things that God wrote about. That's in first chapter. He says, I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star. And the spirit and the bride say, come. It's an invitation. So we invite people to trust Christ as Savior. Every service, as much as possible, I try to encourage people, if you have not trusted Christ as your Savior, would you trust Christ as your Savior? I cannot save you. But there has to be a time in your life that you have trusted Christ as your Savior. Are you as lost as a hound dog in the end of a soup bone? You will not be saved. You are not going to heaven. And you must trust Christ as your Savior. So he says here, let him that hear say, come. Let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will, that's a choice, whosoever will, let him take the water of life, what's the next word? Freely. See, salvation, to be saved, is free. All we have to do, is the only thing we can do, is believe that when Christ died, he died on that cross to pay for my sins. And if I trust him, he would save me and give me eternal life. And I go to heaven on what Christ did on the cross for me. You see, the gospel is to be given. But there is a warning to those who will not believe because they add to it. You see, some people say, you know, eternal life, 
If all you had to do is believe, that's too easy. That's too simple. So they add to it. You've got to be good. You've got to go to church. You've got to give money. You've got to do the best you can. You're adding to what God said. God says it's free. If you don't accept it as a gift, you don't get it. That's why in verse 18 it says, For I testify every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book, if any man shall add. See, when you add to what the gospel teaches, that's works for salvation. And when you add to it, God's going to add to you something else you didn't want, which is going to be the flames of hell. You're going to be eternally separated from God for all eternity because you added to the gospel. You wouldn't trust Christ alone. Oh, he's necessary, but he's not enough. And then the next verse, verse 19, and if any man shall take away from the words of this book, of this prophecy. You see, you can take away from the words of the book. Jesus, well, he's not really Jesus. He's not really God in the flesh. He, he might be a God, but he's not the almighty God. And there's Jehovah's Witnesses that teach that. And they try to devaluate Jesus Christ, strip him of his deity, strip him away that he didn't pay for all sin. And so they're taking away the payment Christ made. And so there's a lot of people that believe, yes, Christ paid for all my sin up to the time I believe. But he didn't pay for those. And that's why if I commit another sin, I can get lost. Then i got to get saved again. But if I commit another sin, I can get lost again. Why? Because they've taken away. Christ made a payment for all sin of all men once and for all. One payment. Don't take away and don't add to because there's a great price to pay. Now, I know that y'all have come into Calvary Community Church. You're one up on what most people hear. They don't get this teaching. I would do my dead level best to teach you what this book has to say. If any time, any man, or even a woman, you don't believe what I'm teaching is the Bible, you are free to come to see me in my office and show me where I'm wrong. It don't matter who you are. And I will not run from it, and I will be able to, I think, adequately answer a question if you want to know truth. I've spent too many years of my life studying this book because I don't want people to go to hell. And a lot of churches don't talk about the gospel anymore. For whatever reason. And some don't talk about sin anymore. Well, I try to do it all. Because Paul says, I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. Preach whatever the word of God says, just preach it. And let the truth fall wherever it does and do whatever damage it does or the healing or if it falls upon you like a rock because the word of God is like stone that crushes those that get in its way. Look up here. Now watch. This is not a wallet trick. At no time will my wallet disappear and neither will my hand disappear. But this is you and me. This is sin. We all have sin on us. Now, God, he loves us. And because he loves us, well, he hates the sin. It's like loving flowers, but you've got to hate weeds because weeds kill flowers. But God loves us, but he hates our sin, and the wages of sin is death. That means because we have all sin, we're all condemned because we're guilty. And that's why we're all going to die. Everybody in this room, you're going to die. If the Lord should tarry, we're all going to die. But the Bible says God loves us, wants us to go to heaven. And to go to heaven, you've got to be perfect. You've got to be righteous as God. Nobody is. We're all sinners. We've all come short of God's perfection. This hand represents Jesus Christ. He's the Lord, God in the flesh. He came into the world because he loves us, hates our sin. 
because our sin separates us from him. So Jesus Christ, who had no sin, didn't have to die. So he took all of our sins, paid for them on the cross, came back from the dead, and he says the only thing he wanted us to do to go to heaven, believe he did it for us. When you believe it, he that believeth in me hath everlasting life. He that believeth not shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides upon him. There is a difference. So when I believed it, he put that payment to my account. I got a payment now for all my sins. Time I'm born, time I die. One payment. I don't have to keep accepting the payment. Well, tomorrow I got to accept it again. And the next day I got to accept it again. And the next day I got to accept it. No, no, no. I did it one time. Why? He only died for me once. I only have to trust him once. And so once I trust him, I have a payment because he was my payment. And he said, I'll never leave you and never forsake you. So I have a payment for all of my sins forever. And I never have to worry about where I'm going to go when I die. I have eternal life. That was the best news I ever heard. Now, if you're here and you have never trusted Christ as Savior, you're lost. You're lost. That means you're not saved. That means if you die, you don't get another chance. You don't get a rerun. I mean, God's not going to put a tear in his eye and say, oh, you're, you're, you were pretty good, though. No, none of that. Hear me well. When you die, if you are saved, you'll be saved forever. If you're lost, you're lost forever. However you are, when you die, that's the way you will be still. It will not change. Let's pray, shall we? With heads bowed and eyes closed and no one looking around, if you have never trusted Christ as your Savior, I'm going to encourage you to do so. Because I am not God. I can't save you. And I don't know how long you're going to live no more. And I know how long I'm going to live. But I know that one day I will die. But I know I have already trusted Christ as my Savior. I don't know if you have. But I'm going to ask you in just a moment to raise your hand. Raising your hand doesn't save you. It just lets me know that what I said made sense to you. And that you will trust Christ as your Savior today. And by doing so, raising your hand just lets me know that you're trusting Christ as your Savior. And if you've never done so, if you've already trusted the Lord, you don't need to do it. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to have you stand up or come forward. But I want to ask you right where you're sitting. Will you right now, will you trust Christ as your Savior, as your only hope of going to heaven? Will you believe that he died and paid for all of your sins? And God said, he that believeth hath everlasting life. You know the consequences of those who do not know the Lord who will not obey the gospel, and I pray that you will obey the gospel. If you're watching by internet, right where you are, on the screen says, yes, I'll trust Christ as my Savior, and I pray that you'll do just that. Is there anyone at all, before we close, say, preacher, pray for me. I will trust Christ as my Savior today, and I'd like for you to know him and pray for me. Would you just slip your hand up very quickly? Anyone else or anyone at all? If you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, would you do it right now? Well, wait just a moment. If you've already trusted Christ, you're God's child. But remember, there's a lot of people who never heard the gospel. They do not know. They do not understand. Check with all your relatives, all those that you love, maybe people where you work, wherever you can, and talk to them. Father, we thank you again for your blessings. Thank you for this time together. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.